Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Confessions of a Fitness Coach. I'm your host, Coach Danielle Collette. On today's episode number two, we're talking with Simon Mitchell. He has my favorite podcast, Muscle Mindset and Meal Prep. So we're going to talk about a few questions that my members had that he's going to be answering for us today. So tune in and if you enjoy the episode, please leave a review. Uh, all right, guys, enjoy it. All right, what is going on, everybody? Today's episode, I got Simon Mitchell from Muscle Mindset and Meal Prep Podcast, which is actually one of my very favorites that I personally listen to all the time. So I was super excited when he said that he would do this interview with me. So, uh, Simon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, uh, well, firstly, thanks for having me on. So awesome to uh, to be on one of the first episodes of the your show. So that's awesome. Um, so a little bit about me. So, well, my my business, I run IamParadiseFitness.com. And uh, as you said, I have a muscle mindset and meal prep podcast. So basically, sort of in a very quick summary, my story has been from way back when, when I was a kid, I was sort of the fat kid at school who kind of get put, picked on, bullied, all that sort of stuff. Um, but over the course of sort of the last, I'd say, 10, 15 years or so, I've been going on my sort of very own fitness journey from that fat kid to where I am now, which is kind of helping other people achieve their fitness goals. So I feel like I've gone through from that stage of being overweight, unhappy, kind of pushed out in terms of uh, social interactions and things like that and not having being part of the group and being part of the popular groups. So then I kind of went to the gym, I put on some some size, some muscle, but still wasn't really that happy. So then I kind of switched to cycling. So I became quite a, a good cyclist in um, sort of national races back in the, uh, the UK over here. Um, and then maybe it was about three and a half years ago, I actually had a, an accident doing that and uh, broke a hip. So at 33 years old, I kind of had quite a major surgery to um, repair that. And then that sort of led me to go back into the gym to kind of rebuild and recover from that particular injury. And then through that process, I did a lot of research around training, nutrition, and all of those various different things to get to where I am today. And then I kind of have had a sort of epiphany moment where... I really wanted to help other people out to, to achieve the same thing. So people that have normal lives, normal jobs, they have careers, family pressures, all of those sorts of things. I want to help those people uh, achieve their fitness goals because I'm not into, um, I guess my business is not set up to help those guys and girls who want to slap a load of fake tan on and strut around in skimpy clothes on stage. For sure. That's not really where I'm at. So um, it's ordinary people kind of making real improvements in their life, not just with how they look, but how they feel about themselves. So that's what I do. Um, I kind of do an online coaching program where I help people make those transitions, but also um, I'm very much keen on the education side of things. So making sure that once they go through a program with me, they've got a level of education that means that they can actually continue with that into the future. I feel that's important. That um, I think it's more important for people to understand why they're doing something 
because everyone can lose a little bit of weight in a short period of time, but it's the sustainment of that that's the most important thing. So, For sure. I completely agree. Completely agree. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself. Honestly, those are the reasons why I was really drawn to your podcast and something that Mm -hmm. we talk about is authentic and being authentic. And uh, that's something you're helping me work with on this Mm -hmm. podcast. So that's pretty awesome. But I was really drawn into your podcast by the way that you really want to help everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not about being fake or or just, it's not about just hitting that goal and then just sticking to it. You just want to, it's consistency and consistently, and you give them information that they can continue to use and implement in their life, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that um, the, the main thrust of the podcast was uh, originally when I started doing it was I wanted to be honest with people. I think that there's a lot of tendency in the fitness industry for um, people to, it's, it's very easy to make a quick buck in the fitness industry. Yes. You can push a keto diet on someone, you can push a pill powder or some potion on someone, have some clever marketing that says that it will be um, the best route to weight loss that you've ever seen in your life and you can make a quick bit of money. But to me, that's not ethical and it's not, um, it's not really having the person as the most important thing in the equation. So when I'm doing podcasts, I'm trying to sort of cut through all of that confusion that people might have about, well, I've heard this and I've heard that and someone told me this and someone told me that. I'm trying to really provide some evidence around why maybe that's not the way you should think and maybe everybody's slightly different, but there are some core principles that people can can stick to and and maintain, which is where I kind of go with it. I love that. That's what I love the most about it for sure. And just something that they can understand too and something that they can learn from and continue to grow with on their fitness journey. Um, But I had a few questions for some of my members that we can answer. Um, So my girlfriend, Mary Ellen, she wanted to know, uh, she wanted to talk kind of about rest days. Uh, You know, she's curious about the time allotted towards rest and recovery in between workouts. So Mm -hmm. what do you personally do for rest days? Uh, Personally, so um, what I would say is train uh, as frequently as you can recover. And that's sort of the the main main principle, I would say, is that let's say, for example, you are training, I don't know, legs on Monday, then if you can tra- if you can recover fully from that session by Wednesday, then by all means train it again. Now, highly likely that you wouldn't. So you maybe if you wanted to do it again, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. It's it's not as necessarily have to train one body part uh, once a week. You train it as frequently as you can recover from it. So some people will recover very very quickly. Some people will recover slowly. So for example. If you're very busy at work, maybe you're stressed, maybe you don't sleep a lot, your recovery will be slightly longer. If you're not really focused on your nutrition and that's pretty poor, again, you're extending the amount of time that you're going to have to recover from that bout of training. And then obviously you can look at things like your how you split up your workouts. So if you're maybe doing a full body session all the time, that's quite difficult to recover from quickly. If you split it up a little bit more, then it becomes more easy to to recover from it. And you can also look at things like training volume. So are you really going too far? You know, there's a there's a point at which the training stimulus that you're getting is going to be beneficial, but then there's a point where you kind of can take it too far and your recovery is just too long. 
So it, it really, de- I mean, a lot of the answers with fitness and stuff is it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the scenario. It depends on their lifestyle, what their training goals are. Um, but generally speaking, the rule of thumb that I go by is train as frequently as you can recover from it. There is a, I feel there's like a, a thing in, especially if you look at Instagram profiles and things like that, is that um, the hashtag no, re- no rest days mm-hmm. is kind of like, well, it's a little bit dumb. Um, yes, you, you don't have to have a rest day if your training is set up correctly, but that doesn't mean to say you're not going to make progress if you take rest days. So for example, when I coach people, I look at what the most important thing is the person, the person sat in front of you or, or who's working with you. That's the most important thing. So what's right for them? So what is their, their lifestyle? What, is, what can they commit to in terms of going to the gym? So for example, I'll have people that are, go to the gym three times a week. Some go four, five, some go six. Mm-hmm. So depending on what they give you in terms of how their lifestyle dictates how much they can train, then that then goes into the programming of both the training sessions, but also the rest periods that sit within there. So um, yeah, you have to look at the person as the most important thing and then tailor something to them and not let people feel like they can't have a rest day because they absolutely can. Um, No problem at all. For sure. Awesome. Those are really, really great answers. Thank you for that. Um, Also, I had another question uh, from my girl, Janelle. She's a member as well. Uh, She said, any suggestions when it comes to fighting snack cravings late at night? She stays up late for night and the hardest thing to do is to fight cravings. I think we can all relate to that one. Yeah. Okay. So Janelle, did you say Janelle? Yeah, Janelle. Okay. So Janelle. So um, cravings um, are very, very common. So, and it's all very, very common for it to happen at night because, you know, psychologically, no one wakes up in the morning and instantly craves chocolate or wine or, well, maybe somebody does. does but, <laughs> um, um, most people don't crave those sorts of things early on. Your willpower is quite good early in the morning. So it's generally speaking, when you get through the day, that then you really start to maybe open up the tendency to go off your diet a little bit and go on to some things that maybe you shouldn't have. But the first thing to remember is the fundamental principle is it as long as you're main, uh, managing your calories correctly, it doesn't matter what time of day you eat those calories. So if you're having food late at night, as long as you've managed that within your calorie target, makes no difference whatsoever. You know, have at it, have that extra, I don't know, have a chocolate bar. If, as long as it fits in your calorie intake, it, it does not matter one, one bit. If you're maybe on the other side of that and you're actually having more calories because you're getting to that stage at the end of the evening and you want to have more calories or you feel like maybe you're bored or you want to have some calories, then there are a few things you can do. Um, So the first thing would be to maybe save some calories for later in the day. So don't have all of your calories up front. Don't have like huge breakfast, huge lunch, and then have no calories left for the evening manage what you eat during the day so that you have those calories later in the evening that you can then use to either have a bigger dinner or have a snack or dessert or something like that before you go to bed or if you're working or whatever it may be. Um, You can, to do that, you can maybe think about in your lunch and things like that, have highly nutritious foods that are low in calories. So for example, green vegetables and, and generally speaking, any sort of vegetables, 
are highly nutritious, but they will carry very few calories. So you can pile your plate high with all of that sort of stuff. You'll, when you eat them, your stomach will feel full and you won't feel like you need to eat more. But you've actually, in terms of the calorie consumption, it's actually been quite low. So you can then save those calories for later in the evening. Um, there's also some research around water intake before you um, eat, eat your meals. So if you eat around half a litre to eat, drink, drink around half a litre to a litre of water, 15 minutes before you eat your, your meals, you're less likely to consume more calories because your stomach's going to feel full. As soon as you start to put food on top of that water, then your stomach's going to fill and you actually have that fuller feeling, which means you won't sort of maybe overeat at lunch and you won't, um, you'll have those calories for the uh, later part of the day. Um, and then maybe the other point you could look at, you could, you know, if intermittent fasting is something that you've maybe not considered before, then you could look at that. So effectively, you'll be skipping breakfast in most, most cases. And therefore, you've got a lot more calories to play with when it comes towards the end of the day. Um, that suits some people, not others. Some people don't like that sort of not having anything when they first wake up. Some people are okay with it. Again, it just depends on the person. So I'd say there's lots of things you can do. Um, just remember your calories and your protein are the most important things and just manage everything around that thereafter. That was awesome. Thank you for that one. Uh, so on top of that, she also asked another question that kind of rolls right into it. Um, okay. how many calories should I eat a day to promote weight loss? And I already know what your answer is going to be, but I'm interested <laughs> for you to answer it. Okay. Uh, well, it depends is the answer. So yes. it depends on, Obviously, I, without knowing the person, I can't say how many calories specifically that she should be on. But the, the key thing would be she needs to be in a calorie deficit. So um, effectively, you need to eat fewer calories than your body needs to maintain its current weight. So if you were to track your calories now in, say, my fitness pal or anything like that, um, and monitor, does your, does your weight change? over say a two-week period if it's not changing at all or you're only getting very slight fluctuations up and down then you could largely say that you're at what we would call maintenance you'd then say well if i took uh, anywhere between 10 to 20 percent off of that again depending on the person um, you'd be in a calorie deficit and therefore you would be losing weight as long as your protein intake is high you would be losing most of that from fat and therefore that would promote your weight loss so um, there's no specific pill powder supplement or anything like that. It's just eat less is the, uh, is the key. Perfect. That's awesome. I knew you were going to say that. Um, next question. She also wanted to know when the weight starts to plateau, how do you get over that hump? I know a lot of people always struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So what I would say is that I guess the first thing I always say to someone, do you really care how much you weigh? Um, or do you care what you look like? That's the more fundamental question. So I could say to, you know, a lot of people come to me at the start of a program and say, Simon, I want to lose 10 kilos or I want to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever the, the target is. So I say to them, well, I could chop your arm off and you'll lose 10 kilos, but that's not what you want. Exactly. What you want, what you want is to lose body fat. You, most, most people want to lose body fat build up a bit of muscle so they look nice, toned, and lean. That does not necessarily equate to a linear loss of weight 
because when someone builds a little bit of muscle and has a bit of tone, then they, they are naturally going to be putting on a little bit of weight from that muscle. So to say that, you know, your weight loss has plateaued, okay, is the first question you ask, is that a problem? Are you still seeing changes in the mirror? So you look at some of the other metrics, you say, okay, well, I'm tracking weight, which is good. You want to do that. But look at other measures of success as well. So well, how do your clothes feel? Are they, you know, feeling lighter around the waist? Um, what does your body fat look like? Get some comparison photos. So always take comparison photos from when you start and then monitor that as you go through. So you can see, well, okay, my weight loss has plateaued, but I can physically see in the mirror that I am still losing body fat. So there's not a problem here. Um, and then again, go on how you feel, how you look, all those sorts of things make a difference. And don't just focus on weight loss as the only key to your success. However, weight is, um, is a factor. So if, if your weight has plateaued and you're, you've stopped seeing changes in those other metrics as well, then it's probably a sign that you need to either increase your activity level or you need to decrease your calorie consumption. So one thing that happens is when you lose weight, um, you're obviously getting lighter, uh, but your body starts to naturally stop being as active as you once were. So you'll find that um, a lot of people like, like me, I use a lot of hand actions and things like that when I'm talking, but people <laughs> just naturally move a lot during the day. When if, but if you've reduced calories, that starts to slow down. So you're actually outside of the gym, uh, you're not burning as many calories as you were. So the one thing would be make a conscious effort to move. So you might want to set yourself a step count or something like that. If you've got a Fitbit or you've got tracking it on your phone, set yourself a step count and try to get to that every day. Um, the other side, you could maybe add in an extra session of cardio to burn a couple of hundred calories or something like that per week. Again, it doesn't have to be drastic. You could also um, drop 50 to 100 calories out of your diet. Um, you could do that. Um, again, it depends on the person and, again, what the goal is. One thing I would say is don't do all of that at once. Take it stage by stage. So probably where I would start with someone, if I've definitely seen a plateau, is I would drop the calories by 50 to 100, um, making sure that they don't go too low. Mm -hmm. and then monitor that for two weeks and see what happens. Then if they ha aren't moving the scale or we're not seeing any more progress, then I'd look at something like um, a step count or, or some extra cardio or something like that. So it's, it's, so first thing I would say is make sure that the, the weight isn't um, – make sure you're not focusing on weight for the wrong reason. So make sure that you're actually looking at all the other things that go with it. Um, but then if you are getting that plateau, then look at – calorie consumption look at activity level and sort of play play with those to make sure that you're actually still progressing in the right direction awesome those are great thank you so much for that uh do you have uh maybe three keys maybe three little okay. tips that you can leave us with okay sure um so consistency is, is one so whatever you do be consistent with it so that, that's not to say that you have to be perfect. So no one is perfect in terms of their diet or their training. So even me, who's been you know, doing it for a number of years and helping other people, yeah, uh, my diet is not perfect every day. My training is not perfect every day. So 
just be consistent with it and don't expect um, too greater results too quickly that won't really happen if they do happen then you've probably done some sort of crash diet or something like that which is not sustainable uh, so consistency would be one and then along with that the second one would be patience is to allow yourself the time to actually see these results people will you know you'll they'll sell you a you know, four weeks to beach body or six weeks to shredded abs or stuff like that. And that's fine if people are in the stage where they're, they can achieve that in that short space of time, but not everybody is in a position where they can get that level of progress in that short space of time. So allow yourself the patience to actually focus on what it is you need to do and actually let the results take their course and actually work with it. Um, and then the the last one, I kind of maybe I'd have two at the same time, is um, focus on the nutrition. So make sure your nutrition is good. Um, but also in terms of your training, make sure that you are executing exercise effectively. So by that, I mean um, what I find with people that are just starting out in the gym, they watch maybe a few YouTube videos and then they go into the gym and start lifting weights. But they're maybe not doing those exercises correctly. So either get some, you know, expert tuition from a trainer or think about, I always get my clients to think about, well, what muscle is it that you're trying to work? And when you do that exercise, do you feel it in that muscle? If you don't, then there's something not quite right. So I, I kind of make sure that people don't waste their time in the gym. So one of the sort of common ones I talk about uh, is that, a lot of people, when you see them in a the gym, they train chest and then let's say they do a load of bench presses and they come off the bench press and then they start saying, oh, that was, a, that was an awesome set, awesome set, but they're grabbing their shoulders. Now, that straight away tells you that, okay, if you're grabbing your shoulder after a bench press, you didn't just, just work your chest, you were just working your shoulder. Um, so that's, that would be a key thing is if one of your uh, objectives is to build some muscle, then make sure you're doing it properly. Otherwise, there's a a large proportion of your time that you're just wasting. So focus on that. Very true. Awesome. Well, those were great. Uh, I appreciate your time, Simon. Mm -hmm. This was awesome. And my members love your accent. When I <laughs> send them your podcast, they love that. <laughs> they don't mind that you curse because it sounds so British. So <laughs> they don't care. Uh, okay. But I uh, everybody. I yet though, have I? No, you haven't sworn. I'm okay. so surprised. That was the first thing you asked me. Can I swear on the podcast? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, if you are interested in checking out Simon's podcast, you could find him on Muscle Mindset and Meal Prep. You could also find him on Instagram, Iron underscore podcast. Sorry, Iron underscore Paradise underscore Fitness. Um, so check that out. Again, thank you so much, Simon. It's been no problem fun. at all. It's a pleasure. Pleasure. Always good to to chat. And uh, yeah, if, if if people have got fitness nutrition questions, then I'm always happy to uh, help and answer those. So, like I say, if you find me on social media and you want to ask me a question or you just want to say hi, then uh, feel free. Go for it. For sure. I usually just send my members right to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let him tell you in the way that he does. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And all I promise right. not to swear. Oh, goodness. I think you should. <laughs> okay. Fuck. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. See All right. you later.